Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Fox Media Podcast Network. We're live, pal. Hey, we are live. Change it up this time. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the A-Side Live Show here on MMA Fighting. It is, of course... Wednesday, July 21st, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, if you are watching live, if you're listening on the podcast. After the fact, I hope you had a great Wednesday, July 21st, or whatever day you're listening to this episode on. Anyway, joining us this week, she's back. She's in the fist-fighting capital of the world, not just MMA, but all of combat sports, apparently. Welcome back, Kristen King. Kristen, how's life in... Uh, I was trying to think of a positive thing to say about Florida, so I'm just going to how's life in Florida? Yeah, don't hurt yourself. Don't think about anything <laughs> positive. It's fine. Um, it's good. It's a sunny day. I can't complain. Um, are you good? Because I fully expected a text message this morning saying that I need some time to grieve after what happened last night. So it's good to see yeah, you It happens, here. man. I'm not, I'm probably not, I definitely am not taking it as bad as our colleague Sean. His, his yeah. life is probably over at this point because for those of you who only watch fist fighting, the Phoenix Suns lost to the Milwaukee Bucks in game six just in the NBA Finals. We don't have to talk about that though because nobody cares about my thoughts on it. We lost. I'm not even going to say we. The Suns lost fair and square. Oh, I would say we if it was the if it was like another basketball team, but I'm not going to try to pretend that I'm a lifetime Suns fan, just the last 10 years. Uh, but congratulations to Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. Dude is a legend. Probably one of the five, 50 greatest basketball players of all time. But no one cares about any of that right now. Casey, how's life in Englewood? Life is good. Um, yeah. I saw. I watched some sprouts last night. You know, mm-hmm. and that, mm-hmm. that I think that Giannis guy, he's good. He's, no, he's really not. good. No, he's he, not. I, um, I don't know. Like, um, I don't know. He's good. Yeah, I think. Um, I think we have. You know, he could. You know, he, Giannis is good. At, Giannis is good at basketball. Like John Jones is good at MMA. They're generational talents. They transcend <laughs> good. They are. He is already a top five power forward that's ever played the professional basketball. Suns and nine. Suns and nine. They're coming there, back. There is a They're silver lining here, though. There's a silver lining. You mm. don't have to do that shoey you were planning. Dude, There's I wanted to. I was in for the shoey. No, you didn't. Me and Sean were in. No. Yeah, I never saw. I don't think it's like, whatever. I, like it. Ha- it's what five. It's, it. it's three seconds of your life. Like, and it, if the Suns had won a, a championship, it would be three seconds of my life, and I'd be like, "Yep, cool, that was great. Don't have to do ever do that again." But I was on record, so I was going to come through with it. Just like I was on record 
that if Chris Moutinho had beat Sugar Sean O'Malley, I would have cut and dyed my hair exactly like Chris Moutinho. But it just <laughs> didn't. It just didn't work out. It didn't work out. So I was. It would have been fun. It would have been a, a good time in my life. But sometimes things don't work out, and the fans lose out because they don't get to see me take the shoey. But anyway, you guys know the drill. You can ask any questions you want in the comment section on the YouTube because Casey's monitoring that. On Twitter, on the site, on Facebook, Periscope, whatever you want to comment on, Casey's man in the comments, on all that good stuff. So without further ado, Casey, what is our first question? All righty. Do, 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 do. From Tristan Gordet on the site, is Corey Sanhagen still getting slept on? In your opinion, do you get the sense that fans are sleeping on Sanhagen even though he's the favorite heading into the fight against TJ? I feel the UFC are promoting the narrative that TJ has owned up to mistakes for EPO, kind of making him look sympathetic. Friends and I have talked Friends and I have talked to our leading towards Dillashaw to win this fight, putting himself in a position to win the band and tell that he never lost. Note, Jose, please send my regards to Sean Alshadi, as I know he's grieving right now about the Suns. I know it has to be tough for him seeing that last night yeah it's much tougher on sean than me i'm not going i'm not going to front or pretend uh sean's whole life came crashing down last night so if anyone has a way to contact him you should probably reach out and see if that man is okay anyway back to the question is Corey sanhagen still getting slept on Kristen, i mean, we don't have to get into who you think is going to win the fight because it's still fairly early in the week and they still have to make weight and all that fun stuff but to answer this question are people overlooking Corey sanhagen heading into his fight against tj dillashaw I mean, it's a weird position to be in just because you're meeting the guy that was at the top of the division before he got suspended by USADA. And I think, I think that was Tristan Gordet. I think he put it perfectly when he said that they're trying to make TJ Dillashaw um, a more sympathetic figure by kind of atoning for the mistakes that he said he made. I'm not sure if I would pin that as a mistake necessarily because it's something that you knowingly did in order to drop down and, and have that fight with Henry Cejudo at UFC Brooklyn. Um, but the thing is, that is a narrative that I think is easier to paint as opposed to Corey Sanhagen, who has been doing what he's supposed to do. I mean, he was pretty much pinned as a future contender, a future title contender at Bantamweight, and he very much still is that person. It's just when you're doing everything right, like the right way, what else are you supposed to say about that? Like, I personally would have loved to see more of Corey Sanhagen in this fight week, especially after those spectacular knockouts that he had against Marlon Marais and um, Frankie Edgar, which was like a knockout of the year type of contender, you know what I mean? But that's what he's supposed to do. That's what's expected. So he has the task of meeting someone who was that guy before he could even make these moves. So of course they're going to put a lot of the promotional material behind TJ Dillashaw because he's been gone for two years. People want to know what's been going on. How does he feel about the whole situation? What is he going to look like? He's jumping into the deep end of the division by taking on someone like Corey Sanhagen, who I believe has only set back recently is the Aljamain Sterling fight, and that was a number one contender's fight. So I think it's a little bit lopsided as far as coverage, but that's that's how the cookie crum- crumbles, really. I mean, it's just, it sucks, but maybe he is being slept on. I don't know. Personally, I don't feel like it because I know what he's capable of, but to like the casual fan, maybe this seems more about TJ Dillashaw than it does Corey Sanhagen. 
I also just think, like you, I think you just said it right there at the end. The story this week is TJ's return. The story this week is not Corey Sanhagen is could be the best man weight in the world. Anyway, Casey, are people overlooking Corey Sanhagen? Or I'll, I'll phrase it differently. Do you is the UFC do it as to take one of our colleagues' phrases? Is it promo, promotional malpractice what they're doing with Corey Sanhagen right now? Um, I think it's actually a little of both, to be honest. Um, I think the UFC, um, the, the UFC can only tell one story at a time, and I feel mm. for, especially for a fight night card, and um, for this card, for this main event, they're really just telling um, Dillashaw's story. I really don't know very much about Sanhagen, to be honest, um, other than the you know a few interviews we get. And in the interviews, you know, I don't, I just get that he's a he's a unique dude. That's all I get from him. Um, but um, the, basically, the Dillashaw story is easier is easier to tell. You know, the drug, the you know, you saw the suspension, him being a champion, and him you know getting his belt, his belt stripped, him going for two titles. You know, there's just a lot more history in the UFC with Dillashaw. Sanhagen is just a uh, a more difficult story to tell, you no know, casual fans, and um, yeah, I think that's why he's getting. I think that's why he's getting you no know, um, stepped on a little bit. But um, yeah, I just think the UFC just aren't feeling. Are just, I th- I feel if Corey wins big, then they're gonna put a lot more you know promotional push on Sanhagen. But for now, it's the it's the Dillashaw show. But Sanhagen, he can take it all Saturday night. I feel. I'd be, I'd be curious if we were having this conversation if Jan Sterling had a definitive ending. Because that, if was that it, fight had a definitive ending and Jan or Sterling had walked away the, without the disqualification, like if Jan hadn't thrown that knee and he just, how, when did he throw that? The final round or uh, uh, whatever? Fourth, and just, fourth round, yeah. Fourth round and just yeah, finished, but, finished it out and then he was just fighting Corey Sanhagen? Maybe there's a different story there, but who knows? Uh, was, just, this, was this fight booked before? No. It was, a, it was no. after. It was after, yeah, okay. because Corey Sanhagen, uh, when the knee happened, posted to his Instagram story of him like laughing and like putting like face yeah. palming <laughs> and being like, "God damn it!" Because he had done enough; he had earned the shot, either the rematch against Sterling or the next shot at Jan. So, uh, and then that happened, and then like I I don't know how quickly, but almost immediately they booked Dillashaw Sanhagen. Yeah, almost immediately. That that reminded so. me of uh, was it few years back when i think when frankie edgar and gray maynard fought to a draw fought to a draw and yeah. but i think it was anthony pettis, pettis. Oh, yeah. pettis so pettis was sitting cage side and basically he was already set up to face the winner of that and then mm-hmm. the fight was a draw and then then and anthony just like yeah <laughs> it's just eh. like um kristen said it's how the cookie crumbles and then he lost to clay guida if i remember correctly yeah. Because he was he was the WEC champ coming mm-hmm. in, and they were going to unify the titles. That was right after the um, Benson Henderson uh, Showtime kick, I think. Mm-hmm. A knockout that wasn't a knockout. And um, regards to Shaheen, he's he's um uh, we we hope he's doing fine. <laughs> but I keep telling him, man. I was like, no, it's different. It's different. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. It's different. If you have, if you've never won a championship and you make it all the way to the finish line and you're up two zero and lose, it's different. The Suns have never won. No, dude, like, I, I making there, it, making I was it, there it is the Astros, it. man. The Astros That's lost fine. the cards and then they finally but like, won. But it, but you guys have won championships before. Like, no, like the, the, no, Sun- the Astros won a few years back. That was their first one. So if you had lost, but like losing the championship. It's so much worse. May I'd rather have my team just get blown out in the first round than making it to the finish line. I ha- I can't. I hate losing the championship because it's like I feel like a wasted season. 
I hate it. Like when the Bruins lost to the the Blackhawks and the Celtics lost to the Lakers, I'm like, what a wasted season. I'm just like demoralized right now. I would rather have not made the playoffs because now you get the second to last pick in the first round. You don't get as high of a draft pick. It's just it's a bummer all around. It's terrible. That's what you think. Excuse me. That's what you think in the moment. You're gonna feel. You're yeah. gonna feel better. Give it no. a month. Give it a month. Or no, two. I don't. I look back on the 2010 Celtics season. I'm like, we should have won. If Kendrick Perkins had blows ACL in Game Seven, we would have won that championship. If the if the like the the Bruins just were just not a better team than the Blackhawks, any team was going to lose to the Blackhawks that year. What are you going to say, Kristen? I was going to say I thought you said you weren't that broken up over it. This is a <laughs> lot of emotion. No, I'm trying. I'm defending up. Sean. I'm defending Sean. Like like because oh, people are like, oh, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Like it's different because like I'm like Sean's like since the like Sean's world starts and stops with the Suns. Like, one, or an international fight week would be, like, when we'd go to Vegas all the time, it's always the NBA Summer League. And he would stay up and, like, watch Suns rookies, not even the starters, like, the draft picks play. He would go watch, like, unsigned players. It's just different when you're that invested in a team. It's one thing to be like, oh, I live in Phoenix. I, I root for the Suns. another thing where Sean is scouting players that might not even make the team. And he's sitting through just to this like how however old he is his whole life and never making it it's like it's different it's different like my when my dad when we won the red sox won the world series in 04 my dad was like my dad's father died before he got to see that and my dad was like depressed about that the red sox won he didn't get to see it. it's different when you're that devoted to a team and i'm not that devoted to the Suns as sean so it's sean's gonna feel this for a bit especially because i don't think they're gonna make it again next year or the year after that Anyway, end of end of rant on <laughs> not on non on team sports. The people in the comments are like, "Oh my god, again, again, Jose, yeah. please let it go." It happens. Best fight night card of the year: the main event between San Angelo Charles Group. The card is stacked from top to bottom. Could not agree more. Elise Reed making her debut versus Jara Eubank should be a great fight. Yanez Costa, Alan Soriano, Maverick Barber, and of course, Matrix Pavia. On paper, this is the best non-pay-per-view card of the year, question mark. Which fights are you excited about and why? I don't know if it's the best fight of the, non-pay-per-view fight card of the year because I can't remember all of the fight nights that kind of blend together. But this fight card rules. This fight card is fantastic top to bottom. Christian, I'll start with you. On a scale of 1 to 10, how great is this card? This is like a solid eight, and it can only get better. Like, I'm super pumped for this card, too. All the fights that was called out in that comment are great. I'm super excited to see Elise Reed come in. I think she's a 4-0 and uh, prospect, and anytime I see a new prospect, I'm, like, super excited for that. But it's a little bit weird because I believe she initially fights at straw weight, so, like, 115. But um, this fight, she's going up in weight to go to 125 and then Sajara Eubanks is going down from 135 to 125 so it's kind of confusing but mm. I don't know I'm super excited about that one Yanez and Costa come on the promotional stuff they've been doing with the Reese's and the Dr. Pepper which I've said before on this show they work better together than separate so I hate this fight for that reason because then we might have a definitive winner in the argument between what's better Dr. Pepper or Reese's. I personally like them both, but yeah, this card is amazing. Macy Barber is back with Miranda Maverick. Um, that's a super interesting fight just because I think it's going to gauge where each woman is in their division. I think that Miranda Maverick is where Macy Barber was when she first came into the UFC. She had rattled off like three 
technical knockouts for if you include her contender series appearance uh and then she kind of got that push that was to be expected and she met roxanne modafferi that didn't go well she was going to rebuild herself after i think she suffered like an acl injury in that fight um and then she came back against another up-and-coming divisional talent in alexa grasso that didn't go well either so i'm wondering um what she's going to look like against someone like miranda maverick who is doing basically what she did when she first came in so a lot of interesting fights. This is one of those cards where I'm like, please, no fight day cancellations because of COVID protocols or something like that, because we've had those, and those suck. So this card is a solid eight. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, this fight card is the diehard fan's dream. Like, the main event rules, but even the co-main, like Aspilad Mesa Chazan, I think is perfect co-main event. Like, Kyler Phillips is, I think... I don't want to say it came out of nowhere um, because in the Arizona scene, he's pretty, he was like one of those people, uh, those fighters that the people tabbed as a future contender. But I think in, in terms of like the casual USC fan, it kind of just popped up out of nowhere, especially in from his win on fight Island to now. And then Darren Elkins is fighting Derek Minner, who I think Derek Minner is one of the few <laughs> featherweights in the world that has more wins than <laughs> like, and not in the outside of the top 15, how many wins do they have? Like 27 and 26 or something like that. Like they're, they have 50 combined wins between them. So love this card, Puna, Soriano, Brennan Allen. I think that card deserves to be way higher on the card, but don't particularly care. And then uh, awesome card top to bottom. Casey on scale of one to 10, how great is this card for a free card? Um, yeah, it's great. I'll get uh, for a free card. I give it a solid eight for free fight night card. Um, Cause um, it's got a true main event, a true main event with serious title implications. Um, Aspen Ladd, the co-main event. Uh, I believe Aspen Ladd might be the best, you know, 135er outside of Amanda Nunes. So she's coming. Is this her big first fight since her ACO? Yeah. 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 So she, they're throwing her back in the deep end. So and, you know, <clears throat> can Macy, you know, kind of. You know she's been you know she's been hyping herself up for a long time so to see if she's the real deal um yeah Kyler Phillips is fun but honestly um my people's main event is um Barbara Maverick I freaking love that fight I think Miranda Maverick is you know the next woman the next prospect to really give um uh Valentina a true challenge we'll see what no Lauren Murphy does and everything but I think I think when Miranda Maverick hits her peak she's gonna be very very dangerous and she's already very good and um, I'm just kind of shocked the UFC booked this fight for Barbara. Barbara coming off two losses, and whew, she went from Alexa Grasso to Miranda Maverick. Man, it just it ain't getting easier for Macy Barber. So, and the rest of the card kind of rules too. It's just a great. It's it's a fun fight. I mean, it's a fun card. Yeah, very yeah yeah yeah. It's so it's so weird how uneven man because look, if you look at next week's card, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. But um, maybe they just knew they were gonna have to compete with Bellator and stuff like yeah, that, so they stacked to this card, but. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited for Kyla Phillips' fight. I've heard from, and I've never witnessed this firsthand, but like him and Casey Kenny and like Sean O'Malley, they all trained up in like the Glendale area. From what I've heard, Kyla Phillips basically could do whatever he wants with Sean O'Malley on the ground. Like when that fight gets to the canvas, Kyla Phillips is like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and Sean O'Malley has nothing for him. Uh, obviously, that's fight, that's camp. It's different in a fist fight in front of 3,000 people and a closed environment and i've also never witnessed this firsthand but i am very interested to see his future at uh in bantamweight and pavia absolutely rules too uh brendan allen soriano is my 
quote unquote people's main event just because I think those are two exceptional middleweights uh, who are future like top 10 185ers. You know, anyway. and it's always it's it's always kind of fun to see the Mickey Gall show because you kind of don't know what you're gonna get, you know. Right. So, yeah. uh, right. Like, that's one of those. Like Mickey Gall is one of those fighters. Like I don't, I don't believe he's gonna be a you know a world beater, you know, top five one step one top five welterweight. But I feel like we've been along with his on this journey for a while, so we're just invested in the Mickey Gall story. So, yeah. um, I like it. Good fun. Good fun. He's fun. had some. Uh, his canceled fights that he's lost out on are like he's lost out on a Carlos Condit fight, a Cowboy Oliver fight, and a Miguel Baeza fight. I do not like his chances in any of those fights. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, who's he lost to? Diego Sanchez, Randy Brown, and was it Mike Perry? Was that his last fight? I think so, yeah. And then he's beaten like Mike Jackson, CM Punk, and Sage Northcutt. And then I'm sure a few others in there, but <laughs> weird career. Popular fighter. But to answer this question, this fight card rules. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Do, do, do. What do we got here? The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Ngannou versus Jones on New Year's Eve. DraftKings has a fight between Francis Ngannou versus John Jones listed on their gambling website for December 31st, 2021. Ngannou is the favorite of minus 155 and Jones is plus 135. Website glitch, or do you think that this fight could be happening this year? Anything's possible, but I'll believe it when I see it. That's, that is my answer. Kristen? Yeah, it might not happen this year. I think we kind of have to wait to see what happens with uh, Cyril Gon and Derek Lewis because obviously Francis Ngannou is going to have to meet that person and unify the titles. Not uh, so, necessarily. Well, I know. <laughs> I know. Going off of meritocracy, that's how it would work, and sometimes we don't do that. But uh, I think we'd have to wait to see how that fight plays out, see if we can get something going with Ngannou and the UFC brass because I know that they've been clashing recently. Uh, so... 2021 seems way too early maybe next year we have to just wait to see how things look like we haven't heard anything from john jones in a while so i'm curious to see what's going on on that end since he's no longer uh with his previous management so we got a ways to wait and i'm happy to wait for it yeah it's just i'll believe it's it's i don't i've we've talked about this ad nauseum Nothing's changed outside of an interim title that's only made this fight, this possible fight, seem less likely. Because uh, I have a feeling if I wouldn't be surprised if the winner of 260, was it 265? If he just fought Francis in Madison Square Garden and New Year's Eve, like Soviet. But uh, I don't like, I'm not putting any faith in December. Is there even a card on December 31st? Because I thought the UFC, I didn't think the they, UFC did eat New Year's Eve cards anymore. They don't do it. In- 
I don't think they're going to do. They haven't done them for the last two years because, because of ESPN. The ESPN deal because that's the bowl, that's bowl season. So ESPN yeah. is more devoted to the bowl bowl games. Yeah, so, um, college bowl season is so much more of a moneymaker than the UFC yeah. for networks. It's those unreal. Guys, those guys get paid even less. Not anymore. <laughs> hey, I don't know if you pay attention to, to sports outside of MMA, but college athletes are getting paid now. When's that going through? Is that is that is that start? Are they, are they I think that's ASAP. Yeah, didn't you see? Already. I think that's ASAP. Yeah. Yeah, they had now some everyone... University of Miami. They had some endorsement deals already, like at yeah. the ready. So that started. So, yeah. uh, so and they, they want. Certain, they so, want. Because everyone. Cornhuskers got to be crypto.com across their uniforms. <laughs> is that what give Reggie Bush's Heisman back? That's all I gotta say. Football. All right. <laughs> Sprouts ball. All right, all right. Tanguin on Twitter. If TJ wins this weekend, should be allowed to fight for the title next. Sure. If he if he beats Corey Sanhagen and passes his USADA test, I have no problem if he fights the winner of Jan Sterling, as long as there's a definitive winner. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sure. Corey Sanhagen. I, I think we can all agree after after if that like he was the rightful number one contender. If Jan Sterling didn't have some weird stuff happening, so if TJ beats him, yeah, I don't have an issue. Kristen, do you have an issue if TJ fights for the title if he beats Corey Sanhagen? Uh, maybe an issue with the timing, just because we don't know when Aljamain Sterling is going to be ready. Because I know he recently had some surgery to correct some discs in his neck, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so who knows when that rematch is going to be? I think the rematch has taken place primarily on Twitter between him and Jan. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take for him to get ready. And then if TJ does win this weekend, how long is he going to wait? Because I know he's always said that I believe I should be fighting for the title right away. And he thinks that one fight is enough for him. But are you going to wait that long? You've been out for two years. I don't think he wants to wait. I think there's a possibility he could take one more fight. But then who would that be against? I don't know. Uh, he just did an interview saying he no longer needs to fight for paychecks. Like he makes enough money outside of fighting. So may I, if he wants to hold out, why not? If he doesn't want to fight, I don't know who else there is. Like who would he fight the rematch against Dominic Cruz? I think he might, maybe he would take that just to get a win back, but I don't think TJ would, I don't know. I'm fine. Just we'll figure it out when Aljamain Sterling comes back. If TJ wins, UFC is going to book Jan versus TJ for the, for the interim belt. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I wouldn't have an issue with that either. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's a chance if TJ looks wins looks good? Well, wins anyway, to be honest, that Jan just might get bumped and it just could be Sterling. No. 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 So? no. Mm. UFC wouldn't do that, Dion. No. I don't think so. No. All right. mm. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the most- <laughs> no. Because we're asking about the, like, in that rivalry, Jan is the healthy one. Like, Aljamain has no, like, Aljamain just had neck surgery. So I think the interim title fight between TJ and Jan is much more likely than. I like that, yeah. Aljamain versus, because, like, I, and I think an interim title would be justified because you can't mess around with the neck surgery yeah. or neck yeah. recovery. Yeah. So I don't have any issue, whether it's interim title or an undisputed title, I don't have a problem. Actually, Jan TJ, versus, the, just Jan versus the winner of this weekend for the interim sure. bantamweight belt. I would sure. Love it. be fantastic. Love it. If if Al, if Aljo can't come back, well, because do you remember Casey? He said he might be able to come back in November, December. Aljamain, because he said he wouldn't mind fighting on the Madison Square Garden card. This is what Aljamain Sterling said backstage when when he was the guest fighter. Remember, he came in with that big cup of alcohol and was a li- having a little fun with the media. So maybe that was just him talking. But if he wants to come back in November, 
so be it. I'm, I just want to see that fight, and then, then it could, the log jam of one through five can continue on. Okay. All right, let me go <clears throat> pull up some of our YouTube comments. Uh... Powerful trio today. Cool shirts and cool hair all around. Vibe is high. Damn yeah. straight. From Jessica Crystal Crew. She's she's got such good such good takes. Um, <laughs> so this is a I guess this is a. a a comment after what I said about Asma Lad. <laughs> Lad's second best ever heard of GDR. I mean, she did just blast Aspen Lad in the main event and didn't get a performance bonus. Which implies that the UFC didn't, wasn't, were, were not happy of that stoppage. That's still the no. weirdest thing. Just how um, Amanda um, Limos didn't get one um, this weekend. I don't understand how it works. Um, if Lad wins this weekend, I would love to see Lad GDR rematch. Uh, I thought that was a crap stoppage. Yeah, no, GDR dropped her, but it's a fight, you know. So you're cool. right. You're, you're right. Born again. Well, one thirty-five is for as much as we talked about one thirty-five kind of being the shallow, like after featherweight. One thirty-five has a lot of fun matches, especially with this the injection of Misha Tate. Rene Aldana is back in the win column. Holly Holm and GDRs are winning again. Juliana Pena is a fresh matchup for Amanda Nunes. Like, 135 is a lot of... I'm not saying any of those guys would fight for the title immediately, but fun fights all yeah, around. Just, they just got to get made. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and they won't. <laughs> Chandler, Chandler doesn't really have an excuse now. Islam is at five now. Excuse for what? Not fighting? If, hey... He's ducking? I don't have any pro like again like I'm assuming he Michael Chandler this is I can, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name Chinmaya Panda is uh saying Michael Chandler is ducking Islam Mahachev maybe but I think Michael Chandler really wants to fight Justin Gaethje and Justin Gaethje is ranked higher and I think what is more fans would be interested in that fight as a five round chaotic main event but uh Kristen we're going to use this to start talking about Islam Michael Chandler in general if you're the UFC which fighter do you try to give Islam Mahachev after his domination over Thiago Moises last weekend? Um, I know he has a few names in mind. There is mm-hmm. the Dan Hooker fight, obviously. I didn't really think too much about that one just because it majority of it was like on Twitter. They're just bickering back and forth. But the more that they do it, the more I'm interested in it. So I wouldn't mind seeing that happen. Um, let's see. He also called Tony Ferguson out. I guess to kind of complete the storyline between uh, him and Khabib Nurmagomedov, because obviously Nurmagomedov is his mentor and coach, and I guess he wants to be the guy to take out the boogeyman, so to speak, that was supposed to be the one in 29-1, and I guess, against Khabib. A lot of people still thought about that. Uh, There's also the Rafael Dos Anjos fight that got canceled like three times. They should rebook that. I'm not mad at that fight, and I think it will settle a lot of the beef that they have between one another, because it, it seems like Rafael Dos Anjos is not super impressed by Islam. I thought he looked good on Saturday against Tiago Moises, so book that fight. has a storyline behind it. You get to settle some beef that you guys have, and then we can really see where Islam is, because I think he's ranked number five now, as the comment pointed out, and I know a lot of people were like, shocked about that, but... I think he put on a good performance. I think he's worthy of a top 10 contender at this point. So those three names are pretty good. 
I would also have no problem if Islam fought Benil Dariush. I know they both managed by the same manager, Ali. Uh, it depends on because Dariush's wife just had their first child. So if he's taking daddy time, that's a different story. I know our, our colleague, Sean, who we just spoke of our, uh, with his heart broken, but he had he, he put together like a, a mock lightweight card. Like if they did just a lightweight card, like they did like 146, I think was the card, the all heavyweight card. It was uh, Charles Oliveira, Poirier at the top, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler, co-main event, Darius Mahachev, Ferguson Hooker, RDA Gillespie, and also said he would have no problem if he did Gaethje, Darius, and Chandler Mahachev. I don't have a problem with any of those fights because 155 rules. I think Greg Gillespie and Brad Riddell have also kind of been interested in rebooking their fight against one another. Uh, I think Brad Riddell's a fantastic fighter too, but... Hooker RDA sounds fun. Ferguson, like all these fights sound fun. I don't care. Just have them fight. I don't care who they fight. So on on the real rankings, MMA fighting's rankings, we have Islam ranked at number seven. So mm-hmm. um, that's but we made those rankings before his, his yeah, win. But I don't think anything would change. I, I'm looking at the rankings. I don't think anything would have changed. Um, I, I would. I mean, maybe he might bump up in front of Ferguson because we have Ferguson right in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, I think just the dominance of that that victory, even with a low, you know, a lower ranked opponent, yeah, I would see. I, I could see uh, Majed going up one spot, but um, yeah, I, as long as Islam fights a name, I'm happy, yeah. uh, and that's all. That's yeah. what he needs. He just needs to fight names. It can be Dan Hooker, you know. Even though Dan Hooker coming off two losses, if Dan Dan wants it, I mean, whatever. Dan Hooker's a name. Uh, RDA makes more sense. But the Darius fight is the fight I really want to see, but I, that's probably the most doubtful because of the management issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Ch- and, Chan- and Chandler, what's going on with Justin Gaethje? That seems like what's going. On. It's, he's kind of radio silent, right? What's going on? Gaethje, I don't. If you watched a our interview with our good friend Oscar Willis of the Math Life, he did an interview with Dana White, and he asked him straight up, "Are you ready to announce?" Gaethje Chandler and Dana was like, "I want to." There's just a few things we got to get through first. So it seems like that's the direction they're going. I always wonder what those things are. Like, what are those things? Is it just I want uh, money, a lot of or like, oh, money or I know I, a I, lot I, of I want a better hotel room? Like, what are these <laughs> things? You know, you know. I always, oh, I, I can tell you exactly what the thing he was referring to. It was a big fight between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. He wanted to get past first because speaking with UCPR, they's like. Dana White, like when he on these big pay per view cards, there's a lot of fights that want to get made. That he just has to get through the pay per view fight week first. He has to see like, the results of that fight before. Yeah. Or he just can't focus on anything else besides that fight week. <laughs> Come on, Dana, multitask. Mm. All right. Do 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 do. Is everybody at the UFC and Connor in denial that Dustin won the trilogy? I knew Dustin was going to win when it was five and a half months after UFC 257. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk about Connor's recent post about his ankle. He posted a bunch of photos about his ankle wrapped up. He said that he, Dana White said he has like chronic arthritis in his ankles, which led, which is like, I don't think, it, his, he didn't say like this was the reason, but uh, kind of hinted at, you know, Connor has his a history of, bad ankles and that's why his ankle broke but Kristen what do you make of all of this new talk of Connor's fragile ankles and, and is this and his ankle didn't break <laughs> is this the new Freud Floyd Mayweather has fragile hands conversation yeah 
Yeah, I'm honestly surprised that we're still talking about it, like, weeks later. It's kind of a bummer because I'm wondering how effective all of this talk is on the perception of the fight itself, especially when it comes to, like, a certain demographic where they fully believe that, you know, had he not been injured, maybe he would have turned things around in the second round. I don't know. But um, it's odd that all this stuff starts to come out. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of interested when it first started to, like, unravel and Connor was like, well, the UFC knew that I was injured, the doctor knew, and then he starts posting x-rays and whatnot, and I'm like, well, it's certainly interesting. I don't know if it adds anything to the narrative that you lost the fight, so uh, it's just been pretty weird. There's a lot of um, a lot of excuses coming out, and I'm just genuinely shocked that we're talking about this and not really Dustin Poirier got another win over arguably the biggest star the UFC has ever had. I, I think that does a disservice to someone like Dustin Poirier, who's probably the best lightweight that the UFC has right now, not counting Charles Oliveira and Khabib Nurmagomedov, but he's gone. He's retired. So I don't know why we're doing this still. It's just very odd to me. Why we're doing it is because Connor makes the UFC a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of money. That's all. If he didn't, if he, that's all. If he didn't make him that much money, they'd be like, "Oh, he lost. Moving on." Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all. But I mean, like, we didn't spend this much time talking about Chris Weidman or Anderson Silva when they broke their legs. Like, it just happens. Shit like that happens in these fights. It's not, it's not a surprising thing. But it's just like, why is one person getting so much like benefit of the doubt as opposed to these other guys that legitimately snap their legs just in in a similar fashion? But there wasn't a big, uh, like, stink about it. Money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. Money, money. That's he also all. did. He also broke his tibia, not his ankle. Yeah. That's, like, the yeah. giant thing. Like, it was his leg that broke, not his ankle. It was, like, it was like so, like, it was, like, ah. It's, like, it's his freaking leg that broke. It's, it's not, and all the ankle imaging he kept showing, that's his ankle. He broke his leg. He broke his tibia. I'm throwing mm-hmm. reckless naked leg kicks at people's knees and elbows. That's not good. So uh yeah. yeah, he broke his it was a double fibular tibular break. Nothing is nothing in the ankle broke. So that's yeah, it's weird. It's it's weird. Alright. He broke his leg, not the articulating joint, yeah. as I think someone said on Twitter. I can't I apologize <laughs> if I don't know remember who said it. And, and the difference between the Floyd Mayweather the broken hands thing, Floyd won those fights. Well, so, I, I didn't mean like I'm not using it as an excuse for like every single fight card that every single fight Floyd has is, oh he can't punch hard because his hands are broken. Like are people gonna ever, like oh Connor can't kick now because of his ankles? Hey, come on. <laughs> so, I'm sure he'll on. kick when he's back. Yeah, as soon yeah. as the first face off happens at the weigh-ins, he'll kick again. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> He loves kicking. He kicks when the fight's not even happening. Corey Sanhagen versus Tito Dillashaw is a banger uh, from Four Corner Sports NY on Twitter. Corey Sanhagen versus Tito Dillashaw is a banger of a main event. But if TJ was to lose, how would we view him after a two-and-a-half-year layoff via suspension? Well, TJ Dillashaw would be losing to Corey Sanhagen. And a lot of people think Corey Sanhagen might just be the uncrowned champ. Like, he lost to Sterling fair and square. Uh, but he would lose to an incredibly high-level bantamweight after two and a half years off. 
I mean, he still looked, everyone still held him in high regard after he lost to Dominic Cruz after Dominic Cruz was on a long layoff. Dominic Cruz was an incredibly high lever bantamweight. But, Kristen, uh, to answer Four Corner Sports NY's questions, if TJ loses, how should we view him? Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, at least you went out to someone who is at the top of their game at bantamweight. So I don't think there's really much shame. I know a lot of people would uh, perpetuate the idea of ring rust being a real thing. If you're a believer in that, that's you. If you're not, then it's just a loss to a really good contender and a future champion, possibly. So I don't really think I'd look at him any different. I just think he went, he flew too close to the sun, and sometimes it doesn't work out for him. So I, I think if, but if he loses, do we look at his previous, you know, like pre-suspension? You know, Dillashaw is like of an asterisk almost. You know, it's like because was that like juiced up Dillashaw are we are we going to see it like that like post suspension is he just, I'm sure I'm I mean, sure some people will yeah but didn't they say that they like they tested all of his samples before that so yeah, that's what there, he said yeah would there really be an asterisk I just think you got beat by a better fighter that's probably how it is someone actually brought it up I saw it on Twitter and I, I looked at it, I was like wow I didn't really think about it but I looked at TJ's um, record and you know, I, I know you don't be revisionist history, but looking back on it now, his best victory is probably. I mean, I mean now, I mean Cody Garbrandt just isn't seen in the same light anymore. It's probably John Lineker, you know. So like, it's just it's been a long mm-hmm. time. All his best victories, these guys aren't aren't elite bantamweights anymore. So yeah. it's it's gonna it's gonna it's. I'm not saying TJ isn't still one, but that's why this main event Saturday is so gosh darn interesting. You know, right. we're going to find out. Right. Yeah, because his, his like, because because people forget when he beat Hannon Burrell, Hannon Burrell was the man. Like he, a lot of people thought he was the pound for pound best fighter on planet. Joe Rogan did. <laughs> yeah, like we were comparing him to May because he had what like thirty some wins in a row. Like mm-hmm. people comparing him to Mayweather, and then uh, he did it again, except even more violently. And then he avenged that loss to Sun Sao. And then his fight against Lineker at UFC two hundred seven was, uh like a work of art that's like the most one-sided beatdown i've like everywhere wrestling striking grappling like tj just put it on him uh and then the dominic cruz fight a lot of people think tj won uh that's very close it was very close that is the best fight night main event i have ever seen like a free, like a competitive high level martial arts contest because that was a fight night card on like fs1 That is the most high-level competitive fight I've ever seen in a main event on Fight Night. It was a great fight. It had a great story coming into it, too. Unbelievable, yeah. Everything was perfect. Uh, And it was still, like, one of the 10 greatest fights I think I've ever witnessed live. Uh, And then I think you said it, the two Cody fights, uh, yeah, a lot probably didn't age as well as we thought. Yeah, Yeah, and I'm not trying to, you know, revisionist things. I I don't like all that stuff, you know. But – the, I mean, but like this is MMA. the The game keeps changing. The bandwidths. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bandwidths seem to be getting better and better. Like Hennon Burrell was amazing six years ago, but even that Hennon Burrell in his prime, does he still? Can he still be champ in this era of one thirty fivers? I don't think so. Who knows? But um, I mean, that, but that's why I think the bandwidth <clears throat> the bandwidth division is the best in the world right now. Mm-hmm. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th 
live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Another question for Corner Sports. Maverick versus Barber seems like the perfect matchup to see which prospect deserves the quote-unquote push. If Barber was to lose, that would mean she would be on a three-fight losing streak. Would a loss hurt her on ever trying to compete for a title? Loss to Roxanne and Grosso? Uh, I think it would definitely put a halt, <clears throat> a halt at her flyweight <clears throat> title aspirations. But if she wants to go back to 115 healthy, maybe she can restart fresh there. But I don't know. It's a tall tax. But Casey, you're really high on this card, this fight specifically. I like this fight as well. Uh, if Barbara were to lose, she'd be on a three-fight losing streak. So let's play hypothetical. Like I know this fight. They haven't even weighed in yet. But if she were to lose, what would that do to her career? It would suck. I mean, it would. That's that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think. I don't. I don't know. If Barb. What Barb? What's going on? In Barber's camp. Is she? Where is she? Tra- you know where she trains. She's at? bounced around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, maybe that's the issue. Her bouncing around gym to gym. Maybe. Maybe there's some other you know things that we don't know about. You know her her training life. You know that that aren't that aren't good for. Her. That's not. That's not working for her in the cage so um barbara clearly is a high level talent maybe she was i i believe she was just pushed way too hard by the ufc and and maybe by, by the media too but and she brought it upon herself too she you no, know, she was hyping herself up i think she was going like i'm gonna be youngest champ ever wasn't she one of those fighters yeah young i'm you know i'm next mm-hmm. john jones and everything so i mean good on her for having that confidence unfortunately it just she just wasn't as good as her confidence told her she was Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I, I'm, I'm, I don't, if I was in Macy Barber's peak camp, I would have stayed so far away from Miranda Maverick. I don't know why this fight got made. I mean, I know why the UFC made it because, you know, it's a, they, they it's a high level matchup, but for Barber's career, I just think, um, even if she beats Miranda Maverick, I think the average fan doesn't know who Miranda Maverick is yet. So mm-hmm. for as hard as this victory will be, I don't think she'll get the credit for it if she does win. And if she loses, I mean, that's three fight losing streak. You, you have no leverage for, for a very long time in your career. Kristen, what do you make of uh, Macy's future if she comes up short to Miranda Maverick? I mean, like Casey said, it would suck, but I don't think that she would ever not compete for a title. I think that'd be like too soon to call. Macy Barber's super young, and of course, she's going to have to learn these kinds of art deal with these losses which she has dealt with before i know a lot of people made a big fuss out of the way she dealt with the roxanne modafari loss because that was kind of wasn't the best it was kind of crappy to be honest and with the alexa grasso one i feel like she was a little bit more retrospective on that one but it was still very hard for her to swallow as well but that's just the thing when you hype yourself up because you know you're going to be a champion one day of course these kinds of losses they they really do suck but I don't think that she'll never compete for a title. I think that'll come later on. 
but she's gonna have to deal with these types of fights and at least she's doing it now when she's young and i hope that if she does lose again she doesn't take it the wrong way she just only learns to build and grow from that and i i still think that she's a contender and just give her a couple of years i'm sure she's going to be challenging for the title eventually so it's not completely over it might be stalled for a little while but um she could work her way back i'm not really too worried about macy right now man but losing macy. three fights ever in the ufc sorry but losing three fights is always bad mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's, that's true yeah and that's more, that's what more I was talking about. She just has no leverage. I mean, so like the UFC yeah. can do whatever they want of her. You know, like here fighting. You know, I don't know some whatever Lincoln. Not Nebraska. I don't know why I say Lincoln, Nebraska. It's a fine city, but she mm. just won't have any control of her career. That's what I meant. So it's just gonna be tough. Yeah, it makes sense. But I feel like she's one of those fighters that are. You know how Dana White has a soft spot for them? I feel like she kind of lines up in that category just because what she was able to do before she made it to Contender Series. And then she had those three technical knockout wins over some pretty impressive names considering her division. So I think she still gets a pass. I'm sorry. I don't want to give up too soon on Macy Barber. I think they will handle her with leniency should she move forward with another loss. Um, but I don't think she's going to get her pink slip after if she loses. No, I think no, they might no, give no. her, yeah, they might give her another fight. And then if we're talking four straight losses, then we might have to revisit this conversation. But for right now, I still think she's in, she's kind of in the green zone. Macy has also had a lot of, uh, drama with martial arts fans outside of fighting. Cause I don't know if you remember that whole, uh, Black belt, blue belt, yeah, drama that happened what five six years ago where they were winning. I think it was like was it karate or taekwondo or I don't mean uh, it was not a jujitsu black belt. It was a it was a legitimate black belt in another martial art, but they were wearing their black belts while teaching jujitsu, and it was like all over their website and everything for whatever school they were. And the Gracies actually had to like come out and be like, they're not mm. BJJ black belts. They're a different one. Um, and then her dad wasn't there drama with her dad after the Roxanne fight when he like was like posting stuff yeah, on his Instagram. Yeah, he basically was trying, you know, downplay Roxanne's win. Yeah, yes. downplay. Yeah, yes. he, he he was he, he was Dana White. What Dana White does for Connor, you know? Oh, he, you know, Macy had arthritis in her knee. You know, yeah. that's why she lost. You know, but um, yeah. yeah, so it, was, it it didn't help the situation. And, I think. I and think, the yeah. and the, the the trash talk with Paige. Remember she 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 like had that fake DM from Paige's. She like photoshopped a fake uh, DM. That was a mistake. So it's like she didn't Just do herself favors in the eyes of the fans. And uh, do you think is Ma- is Miranda Maverick a harder test than Grosso and Roxanne? Uh, equally, as I tough. think all yeah. three are completely different types of fighters yeah, too. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think I think Grosso is freaking amazing at one twenty five too. So, Me too. Um, uh, yeah, it's just um, there's just a lot of good one twenty fivers, and I think for a while we only thought Macy Barber was the only good prospect, right? Um, because that's the only one Dana White talked about. But it turns out there's a lot of good um, flyweight prospects. That's I think that's it. <laughs> and I think Miranda Maverick, after her last fight, she had names to call out too, but it wasn't like like because Macy Barber called out Paige, Montana De La Rosa, and Mackenzie Dern, none of whom were ranked at the time because like they had the most fans on the internet. Uh, after Miranda Maverick won her last fight, she's like, I'm going to fight the winner of Antonina Shevchenko and Andrew Lee, which is a tough fight. 
regardless of who won. So just going about it differently, I think. I think this is an awesome fight. I favor Miranda. Me too. And I, I'm very curious how both of these women go bleh, move on after yeah. this. And Maverick had the um, the benefit of taking her losses outside of the UFC. Mm-hmm. She lost mm-hmm. in Invicta, so there just weren't as many eyes on her or as much mm-hmm. pressure on her when she had her losses. I mean, they, they, they essentially have the same record and they're the same age. You're 8-2 and 9-2. and two. One's 24, one's, one's 23. So, I mean, yeah, it, whoever loses, it's, it's, not, it's not catastrophic, but mm-hmm. it would be worse for Barber. Dude, Macy Barber hits so hard for 125 too when you like, when she was fighting Grosso Grosso was clearly the better boxer mm-hmm. but every time Macy Barber landed like, it like Whoa. visibly yeah, yeah. shook mm-hmm. like, she was like god damn this like so like out of everyone at 125 she has like KO power standing yeah. outside of like the champ and like Andrade so but Miranda Maverick is super strong yeah. as well so love the fight yeah problem is you need more you need more than a fastball you know you gotta you gotta have one more dude yeah. she has an atomic bomb and she throws yeah. those standing elbows like no one else at 125 yeah. so she can keep it standing call power to her anyway cool cool oops sorry uh not real quick <laughs> four corner sports and why this is the third one around did the ufc miss a golden opportunity of putting the people's main event Giannis or casa on the main card instead of the prelim and which fighter of the two has the higher ceiling so uh is this this is the is this the quote-unquote featured prelim no but it should be if it's not going to be on the main card they should have put that as like the preliminary fight to open up the main so card. this is what i don't even like this like i've said this a few times this whole prelim main card thing Let's just call it high or low on the card because the prelim is on ESPN and the main card is on ESPN. You don't even have to change the channel. It's basically just one long card. The only difference is Bruce Buffer makes another announcement at the beginning of the main card. So let's just call it UFC on Vegas 31 and it's just one massive card. Should it be higher? Sure. Uh, Maybe higher than Mickey Gall and and Jordan Williams or Darren Elkins, uh, Derek Minner, but... Which card? Which fight do you knock off the main card if we're using this main card prelim card, Kristen? The one you just said. I'd probably which knock one? off. Which one? Elkins Oh yeah. No, 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 not that one. I mean the that fight card. Are, that fight rules. Elkins like and Minner. I like it, but I think that it would be better suited on the lower portion. Did I get that right? Is that how you want to say it now? Low. Earlier in the earlier early, on the early. night. Earlier yeah. in the night. There you go. I think that'd be better. And then we can have Yanez and Pasta open up the higher portion of the card. I like that. Now here's what we do. Randy Costa, Adrian Yanez fight. They have a banger of a fight. Then they're buddies. And then in the later half of the card, they get the UFC can pan over to them drinking Dr. Pepper and eating Reese's during a fist fight. That's great. There you go. Like how they did in, in Strike Force when Misha Tate finished her fight and then they panned over and she was eating a cupcake. They should do yeah. that. Yeah. Or like remember when you wanna be Claudia and then immediately after you went and sat next to Dana White for the, the later half of the card? That's great. great. More opportunities for both of these men to get camera time on sitting Kate's side. Also, like how many fights does Randy Costa have in the UFC? Two? Three? Three. He has two. He has three fights. He's one. He's two and one. Adrian Yanez is. I think Adrian Yanez has a little bit of a brighter prospect, but Randy Costa is super impressive and well spoken. What's next for Matt Mitrione? Uh, this is a two part question from Dan Pompilio on Twitter. We're gonna fly through this one. What's next for Matt Mitrione, who of course just got him and Bellator just uh, parted ways after his uh, loss, his last loss. Uh, Christian, 
if you had to pick what's next for Matt Mitrione? Uh, maybe try your luck in PFL. I saw someone say bare knuckle fighting. I was like, hell no, I do not want to see Matt Mitrione do that. But maybe PFL, if you have a shot, definitely try it. Casey? Dude, I love Matt Mitrione bare knuckle fighting. What are you talking about? That would be great. He, he's not a takedown guy. He doesn't, he's not, he, doesn't, he doesn't really have heavy kicks. He just he just throw, throws big wide punches. I like it. Matt Mitrione, bare knuckle. Let's do it. If, if the PFL comes back next year for another season after this, then go for it. Uh, but other than that, I have no idea where he would go, if not bare knuckle. Yeah, he might. Matt Mitrione might call it a day. He's yeah. he's on the wrong side of forty for an individual that's on a five fight. Uh, yeah. Well, I know there's a no contest somewhere in there, but it, he hasn't won a fight since his yeah. win over Roy Nelson. And even that one, if I remember correctly, was like a majority fight or something like that, right? Like yeah. it wasn't like a dominant performance. Yeah. I mean, he's had some bad luck. I know in a couple a couple of his fights, he's been headbutted in the fights, and the refs didn't see him, and it obviously affected the fights. Um, but I think for I think for what Mitrione is right now and probably his price tag um i understand bellator making that move so um good luck let, to matt mitrion let him go fight let Evers. him go fight uh marius marius pujanowski in ksw yeah. Money. Or go fight go fight in one championship because then you can keep oh the so there was a second half to that question casey oh sorry yeah aj mckeever's pitbull next week if aj wins he's the best 145 in the world uh, no, but I would say he's clearly top five featherweights in the world. I think there's like a log jam of Falkonowski and I think I don't think he's better than Falkonowski and Holloway. If you want to argue he's third, I don't have a problem with that. Whoever wins next week, Pitbull or AJ McKee, I don't have an issue saying that they're the best forty five in the world. Um, that's all. I don't rank him I don't rank him as right there, but they're right the both of them are my if AJ right now my top five he's right outside the top five Pitbull I think I have at number I have Pitbull at number two actually behind Max Holloway um yeah um no issue I mean AJ wins he can beat anyone else in the world too he's just he just needs to face him that's all Kristen uh I'm in agreement with you I think one of the best, maybe not the best for right now, but he he's definitely in the top five. Yes, I oh, would man. just say I'm sorry. I would <laughs> just say Max and um, like Volkanovski. I I don't I don't I don't I don't subscribe to that. Oh, the UFC is always better competition than Bellator. I'm just talking about these two, like these individuals in general. I just think Alexander Volkanovski and Max Holloway have fought higher competition for a prolonged period of time aj has clearly beat over the last few years has dominated his opponents but uh, i just think like back-to-back wins over max holloway is super impressive for me against holloway i for volkanovsky and then holloway i think is the most talented one featherweight in the world yeah, so at worst at worst aj is could be the third best featherweight which is yeah, great that's, yeah, that's great that's sorry yeah yeah no issue no issue with that yeah, so those just, three would be the best. Just super whoever wins for, fight. Yeah. for this fight, whoever wins this fight, I put the fourth. I put him at number three featherweight. Yeah, no problem. Do do do. Um, yeah. 
American Rusty, Ru- Rustic Works in the YouTube comments. Any rumors on Gillespie and his next opponent? I know Brad Riddell was very interested in rebooking that fight after their previous fight fell apart due to COVID violations. Or not violations. It was someone tested positive for someone COVID in one of their camps. I think it was Brad Riddell. But uh, Gillespie just – who did he just dominate? Uh, ah, who was, was it? Diego Ferreira. Ferreira, yeah. And he is a high game. level. He is a very high level lightweight. And then Brad Riddell and Drew Dober had a banger of a fight in Glendale. So I like that fight in general, also because they were booked against each other already. I don't think they're top ten lightweights, but they're clearly top fifteen. I'm talking. I like they're clearly talented to be top ten. I'm just talking about where they are in the actual rankings. I don't think either of them ranked or. Are they ranked in the MMA fighting rankings? Who? Yes, uh, Gillespie in the MMA fighting global rankings. Gillespie's twelve and Riddell is fourteen. I like that fight, mostly because they both seem interested in it, and it act- so it could actually happen. If Islam fights someone behind him in the rankings, I would love it for it to be Gillespie. Gillespie. So I think I know Islam wants someone ahead of. I want. I, want, I know he wants someone ahead of him, but mm-hmm. if he can't get it, and he, they they put someone behind him. I, I love wrestler wrestler matchups. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, Kristen, well, who would you like Gregor Lesby to fight next? Oh, I, I like that matchup. I thought I saw somewhere that Renato Moicano maybe called out Gregor Gillespie. I'm Ooh. not sure how that fight would go, but I'd like to see it too. That'd be nice. I also, I think if timing wise, if I'm trying to book all of these, I would really like Gillespie and Riddell on the New York card because, of course, Riddell, uh, Gillespie's from New York, and he usually performs very well in New York outside of getting decapitated by Kevin Lee. Um, And then I know Dan Hooker wants to fight on same cards as his teammate. So if Dan Hooker fights Mahachev, who I bet wants they want to put on the MSG card too because there's a big Russian population in New York. So you can have Hooker and Riddell train together against two other high-level lightweights. So all around, I just think timing makes sense too for those matchups. Does Brandon Moreno have the potential to be a UFC star? Potential. The man is a star. The man is a star, my man. From Or women. I'm sorry. I can't tell by your photo. It's very small. Takiro. All Takiro man 91, I'm going to assume. But, yes, Brandon Moreno is a star. You know what's – He's a nerd. It is up to the UFC now to book him like he's a star. Mighty Mouse got main event pay-per-views. They didn't sell well, but the UFC needs to – Try it again and build up Brandon Moreno. Build up an exciting matchup. And, um, yeah, it's um, throwing him in a pay-per-view main event. I am ready for it. I, I just We just shot a um, Brandon Moreno lunch, yes, uh, media lunch, the first one since the pandemic. And um, the guy is just incredibly unique. There's no one like him in the sport. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, there's so many fighters, you know, oh, you know, I train hard, I'm knock this guys out, you know, all that. Brandon Moreno ain't that. He's a unique personality. He's smart. Um, he's funny. He doesn't need to put this macho man front, you know, so um, I love it. And he is a killer and a savage, as Rogan would say. I want him to – I don't know if I would put him on a pay-per-view headliner yet. I would love to put him on ESPN free TV to make him a star. 
against like a really high level fight and then give him these big names for pay-per-view stars i also think that it would be a travesty if they don't put him and valentina on the same card when the world opens up because they're both spanish-speaking champions at 125 like if you're gonna go to uruguay or paraguay or argentina or anything like this like stick those two on the same card or mexico it would just make too much sense because they can carry the promotional work for them by because uh, they could speak both to the American and the Hispanic audience. I mean, I know, I know, COVID is a giant issue, but yes. but man, imagine mm-hmm. if they had Brandon Moreno headlining in Mex- Mexico City. Jeez, mm. that was just that'd be awesome. That'd yeah, be awesome. and then you, you just with Irene and Alexa and yeah, all those guys. Alexa, like uh, yeah. What happened to um, UFC on ABC? Was that a one-time thing? I think that'd no. be a good place to put. Him yeah, on. that's what I'm saying. I would love to have him be on an ABC card. Yeah, or some or anywhere like, like that. Like, um, like, like, like primetime ABC. Because remember that was like a daytime card on ABC. You know, well, it was a day. It was, it was. I thought that was a primetime card because it was crack of dawn in Fight Island. No, I remember. I remember ending like like late afternoon. It was. A, it was like. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. My sense of time was distorted over there. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, but it, but it didn't have that. Even though it was on ABC, it didn't have that. That that early UFC on Foxville. Well, know, I think I also think I mean? that was like uh, like ABC came in like late notice and was like, hey, stick this on ABC. I don't think yeah. it was always billed as like we're yeah, making yeah. our debut. Also, like no one steered into it. Like, do you remember on like Wild Wars World of Sports on ABC, everyone wore the gold jackets and no one wore a gold jacket. And I was like, I saw John Anik. I'm like, you. I'm like, he's like, I didn't like. If I had heads up, I would have had a gold jacket. I'm like, yeah, duh, because it would be. Stupid not to anyway. Yeah. All right, Christian, what are you gonna say about Brandon oh, Moreno? No, I had nothing else. Brandon Moreno. Yeah, he rules. He rules. <laughs> I think you could say he's the breakout. He's the breakout star of, of 2020 if yes. he's headlining cards. Right, right, yes. Casey. Right, yes. not Kamara Usman. Brandon Moreno. He's right there. One and two. No, he is. That's the answer. We no, can no, tell no, everyone what we talked Moreno, about. Brandon Moreno can't headline pay per views yet. You just said he should. I said he should, but you just said he can't. I said he should because it ain't my money. No, I said we should money. stick him on free TV <laughs> and make money. him a global star. You don't pay for paper. You get the money right back. Expensive. Anyway. Last question. Last question. Are you, got, are you three fans of the MCO? If so, thoughts on the Loki series? No. I haven't started. Are you a fan, though? I am, and I can't – I. Literally, I was pissed. When I'm not, I wait, n- none of us. You don't. You don't need to keep covering here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I, I don't want you guys to talk about it because I'm. All I want to say is no. I'm not a fan of the MCU, but not because I don't want it to exist. It just does nothing for me. I have no interest in it. Uh, but Julia is, and I want to say the end of Loki. I called that two years ago. You can go on my Twitter. I called it. Everyone that called for very specific, very boring, very, I don't like using this word, but like if you have a, a, a surface level knowledge of comic books, you're going to call for very specific villains and they're boring and they're not, terrible transitional villains. You need transitional villains. And this is a, he is a fantastic traditional tra- transitional villain. And I nailed that shit in 2019. Called okay. it on the nose. That's enough. You're going to ruin it for me. Stop. But no, I don't watch Loki. Uh, the Scarlet Witch series was boring. I watched the end of it, and I could not stop laughing. And then I didn't watch a single second of uh, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. I haven't seen it. I, I call if – if this path is continuing on, I also nailed the Scarlet Witch storyline too. 
I didn't nail it because the, because they're literally in the books behind me. Okay, you keep that knowledge to yourself. Let me watch it. I am. I'm not saying I'll people might people might. I don't want to ruin it for you. Thank you. My favorite part of the Loki series is at the very end when Loki. I, I will literally disconnect. He's right Casey's now. not going to give anything. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't care about MCU stuff. I don't care. <laughs> Who who is Loki? I, I just he's Loki is the god of mischief. mischief Thor's half brother. He's yeah. half he's half he's, Asgardian, half. Uh, he was in Ragnarok, right? Ragnarok is the one he, I liked. He is in all of the Thor. He is Thor. To, he is to Thor what the Joker is to Batman. So my only issue is with this Loki because Tom Hiddleston is such a good actor and he's so good as Loki from what I've, cause I've never seen any of the Thor movies. I've only seen, I think one and a half of the Avengers movies and he's a very good Loki, but he's so good that people love him so much that the comic books have now made him a hero. And I'm just like, Oh, we're just going to forget the last 40 years where he's tried to commit genocide. And now he's a hero. Like, come on. Like, it's like people trying to make change. the Joker a hero. People change. People yeah. don't change. People don't change when you're trying to destroy an entire race for 40 years. It just doesn't happen unless you're being played by Tom Hilton, apparently, which is fine. He's a very good actor. Uh, he's he nails it. So good on him. I would like to. I can't give it away. Speaking See, of, nope. speaking of Tom, Tom, what's his name? Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. I just watched. Because it, it just got released on Netflix. I just watched Crimson Peak, and he's one of the main actors. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's and, a good movie. Uh, I was like, hey, that's Loki. It's a good movie. That's it's a good movie. I was like, it's a good movie. You should watch it. All right. Mm-hmm. Um... Good horror movie. Anyway. Kirsten, thank you for joining us. And I won't give any Loki spoils away, but plug whatever you want to plug before we sign off this week of the A-Side. Oh, man, I don't have anything to plug. Just thank you guys for bringing me back here. Truly appreciate it, obviously. And I can't wait to chop it up with you guys again. This is the most fun I've had on a Wednesday. And that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. So thank you. Yeah, you love your Wednesdays, too. Yeah, you love Wednesdays. There's one thing I know about Kristen is she loves her Wednesdays. (laughs) It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Casey, what do you got to say before we sign off? Yeah, hope everyone's doing great. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting MMA Fighting and watching all of our videos and podcasts and stuff. And we got Mike Heck in Florida, somewhere in Florida, Florida wherever. And he's um, covering BKFC and the main event, um, Paige Van Zant versus Rachel Ostevich. Of course. Part two. Part two. Yeah, part two. The rematch. This time, no gloves. We'll have presser workouts and one-on-ones come from Mike. I think that's today, and then yeah. tomorrow's the weigh-ins, and then Friday's the fight night, and then Saturday we get a banger of a UFC card. Uh, I don't think there's Casey's. There between the links tomorrow, uh, or is no, Mike? Sir. No, sir. There will be no between the links tomorrow uh, because Mike is, of course, doing uh, groundwork down in Florida. And then preview show will be Friday, fights on Saturday, post show Saturday, and then you guys know the drill. Anyway, we'll see you next Wednesday if you only watch the A side. Suns in nine. Woo! Sure, why not? DM <laughs> me if you want to. Someone message me if they want to know more about why I'm so smart with my Loki knowledge. <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch 
against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.